0: Welcome to the First Baptist Church podcast from First Baptist Church in Navasota, Texas. For more information, visit Amen. We're going to talk, this is the last week, we're going to be talking about freedom in Christ. What is freedom in Christ? That means that Jesus frees you from your sin. It also means that He takes you... And once he has freed you from your sin, when he died on the cross 2,000 years ago, he knew your name, he knew your face, knew what you'd done, loved you anyway, and died for you to pay for you, for your sin to be forgiven, for you to have the opportunity to go to heaven. Now, in order to get to heaven, it is not a free pass. It means that you must agree with God of what He has done, and you must receive Him by faith. And God says, listen, you do not get faith on your own. You don't generate it yourself. You don't sit here today and go, you know, I'm going to have faith in God today. I just, man, I'm going to do that. The Bible says faith is even delivered by God to you. He gives you that so that we don't begin to brag about what we've accomplished ourselves. God's faith in Christ Means that we agree with God. And freedom in Christ means once we are a Christ follower, once we have chosen to do that, then he gives us within the boundary. It's okay. It's like I need somebody to help me here. Um, Caleb, come here. Come here, buddy. Real quick. Here's Caleb, Caleb's big old strong boy. Now, Caleb, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand here and face that wall, all right? All right, there you go. Now I want you to walk through the wall. Keep walking. No, keep walking. All right, there's a problem with what Caleb is doing, and the problem is masonry, okay? And he's not going to go ahead and get through that. Thank you, Caleb. Please go back and sit down. Go back on your iPhone. The problem with that is there's a boundary here. There's a boundary. Freedom in Christ comes with boundaries. And the boundaries that God has put for freedom in Christ are His His Holy Word, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, that part that lives in you and me, that part of the living God that lives in you and me, the Holy Spirit who, who who. persuades you and pulls you towards God. And then once he He has you, he, d- he indwells in you and he begins the process of forming you to be like Jesus. Now, there, there, are, there are boundaries in the freedom of Christ. But here's the really interesting thing. If Caleb were to walk outside this building, yes, there are boundaries there. There are fences, There are telephone poles. There are cars. All of these things, Caleb, we want you to dodge, okay? Do not hit them. But here's the deal. You and I, in freedom in Christ, are let go in the boundaries of God that he has put down. Then he turns you loose to do the work of God all over the world. That's the freedom in Christ that we enjoy. We are both under God's commandments and his liberty. Think of that. This fence that God has bounded us in, you and I are invited to thrive and live in that boundary. And then God says we are to move out into that area of the big, bad, broken world and invite them to become a part of God's family. That's freedom in Christ. That's freedom in Christ. We are free in Christ to serve Him, to serve others, and to serve God's kingdom. Our freedom comes with a great opportunity. How will you use it? For blessing God and blessing others? Or would you use it simply as your own personal gain? You see, freedom in Christ can be flipped over to be something that is not of God. And that is the ability to say, you know what? I have a pass to heaven. Jesus died on the cross for me. And now that I have heaven as my home, I can raise all the hell I want. And that's wrong. That is completely, totally taking the freedom in Christ and flipping it over to your own personal gain. And God's listen, there are plenty of people that want to do that, that want to go in and say, I will use the freedom in Christ for my own personal gain. And you have a decision to make. Look, <laughs> the freedom you have in Jesus Christ is you still have the opportunity to tell God no. Do you realize that? There are people this morning that, That as I share about Jesus and His offer for forgiveness for you and me, there will be people who say, I don't want any of that. I don't want that. I can do without it. I've been doing fine without it for X amount of years that I've lived my life. God loves you so much that He will allow your no while He pursues your yes. And once you become a Christ follower, listen to me, you still have that choice to make. Now most theologians call that free will. And folks, you have the sovereignty of God. That means God's in control. Do you believe God's in control of all things? I do. Do you believe that He can go ahead and control anyone in this room? Let me share with you this. He created you in His image, Dei. that idea that you are created in the image of God, who is free to do anything He wants, and He has put that in you. You operate under God's sovereignty, and you have a free will, and instead of these things being opposed to each other, God wants them to be aligned with each other, so that you choose to do what he has already chosen for you to do he's already chosen it now it's time for us to align ourselves in that you are free in christ to serve him to serve others and ultimately to serve his kingdom the writer of psalm 119 kind of lines out freedom and his freedom in the, in the in the totality of who god is this morning we're going to go ahead and read Psalm 119, verses 1 through 4. If you've got your Bible turned there, we're going to go ahead and stand and read God's Word together. We do this to honor the reading of God's holy and perfect Word. And so I invite you to read with me. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of God. Blessed are those who keep His statutes and seek Him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow His ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. May God bless the reading of His Word. Please be seated. When you and I go ahead and study something like the writer of Psalm 119, by the way, if you want to learn Hebrew, and you want to learn the Hebrew alphabet, Psalm 119 goes through every single letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It's kind of an interesting way that they do this. The very first word in Hebrew of each of those particular stanzas is started with that particular word. This this particular one is Aleph, the very first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And it reads, when it reads blessed, that word "blessed" means if you are following God's statutes, if you're following His commandments, if this is the barrier that God says is the what is the way that you get to know Him. Outside of that, no, you can't know Him. But right here, this is the way that you know God. That particular person who does that is blessed by God. Or God's In freedom in Christ, we want to be blessed by God. Anybody in here want to be blessed by God? I do. I want to be blessed by God. And it doesn't happen by me simply saying, all you've got to do is give more money to the church. You get blessed by God if you do this or this or this. And we start running down a checklist of things you've got to do to be blessed by God. God's Word says something completely different. It says that you know God, you know His statutes, and you choose You choose, free will again, you choose to go ahead and line yourself up with God. Here He is. He is calling you, and He calls you to come line yourself up with Him. God's listen to me. When that happens, there comes a place where we walk, as Caleb did a minute ago, walk into the walls that are the boundaries, but when you walk outside, we are living in a broken world. And that broken world will go ahead and say, you know what, you're a Christ follower and you have freedom in Christ. So because you're free in Christ, He's forgiven your sin. So you can kind of come along with me to go ahead and and maybe involve yourself in some of the things that are maybe questionable and shady. That's not freedom in Christ, folks. As a matter of fact, freedom in Christ requires no compromise. No compromise. One of the hardest things to do with your freedom in Christ is not to become too much like the rest of society, trying to decide what is acceptable in God's sight and what is acceptable in man's. So, what are the things acceptable? In God's sight, what are the things that tell us what God wants us to do? First and foremost, the Word of God, the Bible. It is there, it is clear, and if it says, if it if it says in, in the Bible that we are to do something or we are to refrain from doing something, that settles it. That settles. It. But what about the things that the Bible is silent about? What about things like, well, for instance. Should you buy a new car? Does the Bible have anything to say about buying a new car? That's the question. This is yes, this is no. Does the Bible say no. It says absolutely nothing about that. So how do you know whether you're supposed to buy this new car? And the new car can be a used car, it can be it can be anything. It, it could be a go Y'all remember Yugos? Remember all those things? By the way, a U-Go was a fiat, okay? Alright? Fix it again, Tony, okay? That's what fiat really means. Let's say that you go ahead and say, you know, I don't know whether God wants me to go and buy this new car or not. How do you know if it's not in the Bible? Well, then you have the Holy Spirit's influence, the Spirit of the living God living in you. And that can be a determinant to point you the direction when the Bible is silent. That is the living part of God that goes ahead and says to you, here's the part when, when the Word of God is not clear or is silent about something, the Holy Spirit begins to guide you. Now please hear this. We've done this before in this church, where we had somebody that walked their their husband, this wife, walked their husband down this narrow little aisle right here. And I said, if you go ahead and touch either one of these posts on either side, you're out and you fail. And so we had everybody, you remember doing that? Everybody in the church was yelling, and this one guy is sitting there, and he's listening to his wife, okay? Did he know his wife's voice? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He could pick it out in a crowd that's yelling. And so as he's listening, he is listening for one voice out of an absolute cacophony of sound around him. And he's listening to that one voice, that one voice, the Holy Spirit. You have to tune as a Christ follower. You tune yourself to hear that. Not so you hear what opinions of others are, what society says is right. So you tune yourself that way. Listen, we live in a broken world that right now says that sin is okay. And it even says that sin is okay. And if you don't agree that that particular sin is okay, then you are a racist a homophobe, or some other thing that can be thrown on you. Listen, let me share with you this. Christ died for every single person you will ever see in your life. Red, yellow, black, white, and pink polka-dotted. God loves everyone. For anyone that would oppose that, there is... Listen. Instead of tagging a name on there or some type of derogatory term, let me just put it to you this way. You can't be a Christ follower and say Christ only died for people that look like me. That's not in the Bible. The Holy Spirit of God will not go ahead and affirm that. When the Holy Spirit is that thing that influences you and me, we instead live in a culture that wants to say right is not right Wrong is right, and it's okay because everyone else says it's okay. Let me share with you, that's, that's not true. However, the three things that are acceptable in God's sight that guide us, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, and then, listen to me, when others, who, are, who may or may not be Christ followers, but when others, this is freedom in Christ, when others say, i got a problem with you doing that, you, as a Christ follower, I've got, man, that, yeah, I just can't wrap my mind around what I just saw you do. When that happens, the Bible is really clear. It says whatever that thing is that you and I may be free in Christ to do, we put that aside for their sake. For their sake. Now, I teased about this several weeks ago the deal about drinking. I've shared with you the last three Sundays this. Drinking will not send you to hell. Everybody got that? It's not in the Bible. Holy Spirit, okay, not there. Smoking will not send you to hell. Remember the joke, okay, it won't send you to hell, make you smell like you've been there, but it will not send you there, all right? Guys, listen. If I were to walk in here today with a cigar and a snifter full of Glenlivet, If you don't know what that is, then you need to go see, who am I going to pick on today? Sam. (laughs) If you don't know what Glenlivet is, then go go ask Sam. Sam will tell you a little little later what it is. And I walk in here with that Sunday morning in church. I light up and I'm sitting over here and everyone in church is kind of going, I must be in an Episcopal church. No. God's listened to me. I choose not to do that so it doesn't become a stumbling block for somebody else. No compromise means that I will not compromise God's word. And I will not compromise my freedom in Christ to go ahead and be used by God in any way God chooses. No compromise in either God's commandments. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Is it okay to lie? Is it okay to lie? This is yes, this is no, this is I'm falling asleep. Is it okay to lie? No. How about stealing? Is it okay to steal? But you are free in Christ to do either one of those. You have the freedom to say, God, taking, taking some time off the reservation... And I'm going to go do this. Yes, I know it's sin, but I'm doing it anyway. That is free will, but it's not freedom in Christ. Freedom in Christ is that boundary area that says this is what God wants. Y'all get that? This is what God wants. The part where Caleb is hitting against the masonry over here, that's to say this is where God, this is the boundary God has for you and me. This freedom in Christ. Oh, by the way, when you get outside, not outside God's will, but outside living in this broken world, that's the place that your freedom in Christ needs to be bounded by what you already have learned in Christ so that you end up going ahead and serving the living God rather than yourself. We don't sacrifice God's commands. There's no compromise in that. Obviously not, because God's Word is clear on on those things. But His commands are are not there to hinder your life, but to protect you and to guide you. The Ten Commandments that are in Exodus 20 are not there to go ahead and say, you can't do this, you can't do that. That's not why they're there. They're there to guide you and to protect you. To guide you and protect you. That's what the freedom in Christ does. To guide you to God's will. To protect you from the other things that can happen. And that freedom in Christ, no compromise, also says that there should not be compromise in your freedom to reach out to others that are living outside of God's will. You are free to do that. You see, this is the real kicker. Are you heavenly? so heavenly-minded in your thoughts, actions, and attitudes that in reality you're of, of absolutely no earthly value? You're living up here in such a way. And there's nothing wrong with, with seeking God and seeking His, His will in everything. But if you become so cloistered like a monk in a monastery, that you're living in a world that is, is, it, it is absolutely unaffected either by the things of the world or you affecting the things of the world, that you become so isolated that you have no impact on a culture that is absolutely dying. In its need. Folks, we have had people in this church who have been battling with sexual sin. They battle with it. They come in here and they come in for all of the wrong reasons to come in and say, you know, I just want to get close to God so that He will somehow make me feel better about what I'm doing. There is right and there is wrong. God's clear on that. And what He wants you and me to do in our lives is to not go ahead and look out and say, that person over there is a real sinner. That person over there, do you know the story about them? And that involves gossip. It involves listening to gossip. It involves putting yourself as judge, jury, and even as execution. You want to know why some people will not come to church, this one or any other? Because they've had church people that have said, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Let me share with you what they're doing here. The same thing that everybody else is doing in here right now giving thanks to God that we have a merciful, forgiving God that loves you in spite of what you have done. Folks, the reason I share this with you is because we as Christ followers have the freedom in Christ to go ahead and impact a world that is desperately, desperately needy. The alternative is that we retire from the world and become passive observers, clucking our tongues when we see sinful foolishness and safely out of the line of fire. The church has done this for the last 300 years. We've abdicated our God-given voice to speak righteously about the rights of those that have no voice, the care of the needy. And the love of God for all of mankind. We've turned these God mandated responsibilities over to our government. Because of that we are happily in the mess we're in right now. You know my Bible says that we in the church, we Christ followers are to be people that will help those that are poor and hungry. Guess who's having to do that now? How's that working out for you and me as taxpayers? I don't want my government in the business of doing God's business. Oh, by the way, the real issue of separation... Boy, I feel a sermon coming on. This is going to be a one-minute rabbit chase. There's the rabbit, and he's going this way. All right? Here it is. If we go ahead and look at the separation of church and state. It was to keep the state, the government, from coming in and mandating what the church had to do. That's why Jefferson put that wall there. And he said, in the midst of this wall... That, that separates the church and the state. It doesn't become a, a case of they're op- opposed to each other and in opposition with each other. And oh, by the way, that's how some in our government want to look at church right now and say the church has no voice in the thing that the government things that the government is doing. That's wrong because Jefferson also wrote in an addendum to that he said they're in that wall of separation. There is yet a gate for intercourse between the two. There's a place where both have a voice about each other. Christ father, let me share with you this. Your alternative in freedom in Christ is to remain silent about all things and simply watch culture decay around you. What do you do then when you as a Christ follower, freedom in Christ, see wrong? What do you do? Do you go on a holy tirade and pick up a 15-pound Schofield Bible and try to cram it down someone's throat hoping that that's going to go ahead and change them? I'm going to share with you that won't do it. What you and I must do is not remain silent when it puts others at risk. Not to remain silent when you see others devolving into sin and in a pattern that is going to become destructive for them and for others. By the way, it means that you will have to be willing to be splattered by sin. Jesus was splattered by the sins of others. Those righteous Pharisees came to him and said, Hey, why are you hanging out with the with the really bad people over there? The tax collector, the IRS agents of Israel, why are you hanging out with them? If you're supposed to be a righteous man, why are you hanging out with those kind of people? Guys, listen to me. As Christ followers, we're supposed to be involved in those kind of people's lives you don't have friends that don't go to church, you don't have a lot of friends. Find you some friends that want to go to some place and tie one on on a Saturday night. Find you some people like that. Not so you can go hang out with them, so you can go ahead and be salt and light in a dark and tasteless world that they live in. If you don't do that, church, we will simply watch our influence And our voice in the community continue to deteriorate. What's the greatest impact that you and I can have? It's when we open our mouths and live our lives righteously for the kingdom of God. You see, silence is not golden. You can't be quiet where lives are at risk. When others will fall into a trap that was set by the enemy of God for God's most precious thing, mankind. And ignoring sin is deadly to all. I shared with you about the splatter effect. You and I are innocent in our eyes to the wrongdoings that we read about and are reported in the news. Nevertheless, we pay for it. No one here can, can no one in this room took a single bite of the fruit in the Garden of Eden. Nobody in here did. And yet we pay for the sin of another person. That's the splatter effect that sin has. And it's a heck of a price. But thanks be to God that he chose to pick up the bill for Adam's sin and for yours and mine. Do you know this man? you all know who that is? Who is it? Chris Pratt. I hope you were paying attention about six months ago because we had him up there. Now, Chris Pratt is an actor, and he's a Christ follower, but he, all, he wasn't always one. Growing up, he went to church randomly and never for the right reasons of discovering God. He ended up homeless in Hawaii, living on the streets, earning just enough money to eat and to get high on drugs. He was living in Maui. There was a fellow by the name of Henry that saw him in a van on the beaches at Maui, and he walked over to Chris, and Chris is a nobody, and he said, God has told me that I'm supposed to talk to you about his son Jesus. This is freedom in Christ. This is freedom in Christ. God's told me that I need to talk to you. Did he get it out of the Bible? Well, yeah, you could say that. Did he end up getting it out of the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. This man, Henry, went up to him and said, God's told me I need to talk to you about about learning about Jesus. And it so impacted Chris at that very right time, at that very right moment in his life, that he ended up going in and listening, and after several faith steps, chose to believe that Christ died for him on the cross And he lined himself up with God. God's here. You and I choose by our free will to line ourselves up with him. That's what faith is. Now much has happened since that day. Chris has become a husband and a father, a motion picture celebrity starring in the the movies Guardians of the Galaxy and Jurassic World. He has struggled in both his professional and his personal life, but says the one constant is his walk with Christ. Like Henry, he exercises his freedom in Christ to share his faith on movie sets and in his neighborhood. And this is kind of interesting. The movie Jurassic World, which he was put in to take the place of an actor who who had stepped off that set. While he's there, he begins to talk to some of the cast members and the other people on the set and share with them about faith in Christ. To the point that the director said, after they had gone ahead and shot three quarters of the movie, the director comes up to him and says, if you say one more thing about Jesus... Jesus is off limits here on the set. If you say one more thing about Him, then you're out of the movie. What would you do? Freedom in Christ. The next morning, Chris showed up at the director's little trailer and said, you and I need to have a talk about faith in Christ. You and I need to have this conversation now you know what happened absolutely nothing nothing he wasn't booted off the movie you can go you can go rent the movie but what you'll find is that director realized that what worked in the world to threaten doesn't work for a person who has been freed in christ and is free in christ You are free in Christ today. Jesus died for your sin. He died for you. And He has freed you, like Henry, to go in and talk to people that He has led you to about a difference that God can make. Will you do that? Pray with me. Holy Father, in the next few minutes... The words of a pastor don't really matter, but your word matters above everything else. And you are making that Christ call to someone here today, a call that says, I love you, and a call that says, I want you to become my child. Father, I pray that you will speak to a heart that right now needs to know that they are loved and and valued that needs to be freed from a past that needs to go ahead and know that I am free now in Christ to go ahead and in all ways serve you the next few minutes as we sing this song Lord if that person is you that is here today God is listening father I pray that you will speak to their heart draw them not to a church or a pastor but draw them to you And that God help us to celebrate that and to rejoice with them in that unique and wonderful calling of the freedom that we find in Christ. We love You. We tell You this in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, Amen. Stand together, church. God is speaking to you about a decision that needs to be made. I'll be here at our altar area. During this song, God's calling you to a first-time relationship with Him a place where you can plant your life in a church family, I'd love to pray with you here down at our altar area. During this song, you simply slip out of your pew and you come as God leads.